Hey, my name is Katie Pijanowski, and I'm a certified life coach and motivational speaker, and I'm here to help you unlock your true strength so you can create the life of your dreams. I teach you my best tips to master your mindset, create confidence, and empower yourself to take back your life. It's your time. This is the Mind and Body Strong Podcast. Welcome back to the Mind and Body Strong podcast. Today I have my special friend, Chelsea Meese. She is a certified self-care coach with her focus being around taking women from self-harm to self-care. And this, she's such a special friend to me. We actually met when I lived in Colorado for a year, a couple years back at a health event. We are both health coaches. We both had this big spark. We really wanted to help women in big ways. And Chelsea has really moved her practice forward. She has built like a great community with Be Your Best Self Coaching and now is shifting more into helping women with self-care. So I'm super excited to have her on here. I know she's going to bring amazing tips and advice to everyone listening. Chelsea, welcome to the podcast. Oh, Katie, thank you so much for having me. Oh, you make me so excited to be here and to share with everyone here a little bit about what I've learned and yeah, so me and Katie met in Colorado, and it's just been an instant spark ever since, and she's just such a blessing to have in my life and as a fellow coach, and so everyone listening, you're just so blessed to have her, and yeah, so thank you for having me. Of course. So Chelsea and I used to run different health groups together, and we used to, I remember we were in my little basement apartment in Colorado on the floor, like recording videos, and we just, we have this like great back and forth. We would meet up at the Starbucks and do health coaching work together. I mean, we go back. So I we always stay in contact, even with me being here in Dallas. And I just know her energy is going to just be what you guys need today. So listen up to everything she has to share. But of course, we want to learn a little bit about your story, Chel. So tell us who you are and how you came to teaching women about moving from self-harm to self-care. Yeah, of course. So... Originally, I was born and raised in Kentucky, a small town. Um, I kind of like to say it's where the city met the cows. Um, so um, born and raised there, but yeah, I moved to Colorado kind of out on my own. But throughout that entire process, I was on a health journey in order to lose 100 pounds, in which I was able to do. However, I came to realize that my journey was more than just losing the weight it was more about the self-care and the habits that we all have, the boundaries that we set with each other, the expectations that we have, the rituals that we follow. Like there's just so much more to your health journey than just losing the weight and a number on a scale. So I decided that I was just, I wanted to be able to help women do the same and take it as a behavioral health habit change versus just being able to lose weight. So I've really dove into self-care and I actually, let's just, let's just be honest. So growing up, I went like, I was in hospitals a few times because I absolutely hated myself. Like my favorite sentence was, I don't care. I did not care about the world. I did not care about anything going on in my life. And I honestly wanted to take my life. And so I've come from a very dark place. And so to be able to have started my health, like my self-care journey with my health has really been able to 
exemplify what it's like to learn to love yourself and to love who you are, not only on the outside, but on the inside as well. And I know the power that it takes and the strength and the courage that it takes to go from self-sabotage and self-harm and self-mutilation and those kinds of things to get on the other side to being with self-care and self-love and self-worth and self-appreciation, that Mm -hmm. it's honestly my passion just to help women get to the other side of that. Oh, it's so amazing. And I'm curious to go back to those moments. Maybe you kind of mentioned it as this dark phase and like, what were the thoughts going on in your head? What was kind of the breaking point? If there was one that kind of led you to this self-discovery process of really loving yourself from the inside out? Yeah. So I think, um, mental health wise, um, we're all completely different. And I think as far as getting to a breaking point. I don't think on our mental health journeys that there's like this one thing. I think you can look back and see where you made a shift, but I think overall it's a lifelong journey that we're all on. So I think over time, I just realized there were things that were said to me by other people who believed in me. And I think that's why I have such a strong passion for coaching of like, people are able to see what you're not necessarily able to see at this moment. And so some people spoke some truth and some life into me And I was able to see that I was dimming my own light by hurting myself. And I had honestly no reason to do so. I remember in those times, I just felt very alone. But you obviously, like, when you're feeling alone, sometimes you know that there are people that you could reach out to, but you're doing it to yourself. And so I think realizing in those times, like, I'm not necessarily alone. I have people that if I was to do something to myself, like, they would genuinely miss me. And I went from a place where I didn't care about that. I didn't care if anybody missed me to genuinely caring so much about myself that like, I don't want to hurt other people because in that mindset where you don't care, like, I don't care that I hurt other people. I don't care what happens. But once you start to care about yourself, you care about others. And so I think not only has my self-care journey been something of self-healing, but it's also allowed me to have better relationships with other people as well throughout it. Yeah, I think so often we are, especially as women, we want to help others. And you always hear people say, I want to help others. And there's always that classic phrase that we hear about, put yourself first. And so you can take care of others better, which clearly you experienced. But what was, I guess, something that helped you kind of move into that place of like really diving deep? Or maybe what were some techniques that helped you in the beginning shift to it focusing on you and really caring for yourself? Um, I think it goes back to just my health journey. Um, I think we all kind of start on a, like a surface physical level. And so you realize like you want better for yourself. And so when you realize you want better, you do better. And when you know better, you do even more better. If that made sense. But <laughs> Uh, it just it's kind of like a spiral it doesn't happen overnight like anything in life it just it starts with time and so one of the things that I had to realize are what are my habits that are causing me to get into this self-sabotage mode what are my triggers that are causing me to self-harm and then once you shed light onto those triggers onto the traumas onto the shadow that needs to be worked on then you're able to actually do the work on it So I think a lot of the times we lose our sense of self, whether that be in relationships or jobs or things like that. And so we need to regain that sense of self. But that all starts of realizing, like, how did we lose that sense of self? What is it that we truly want and how do we get there? And that's where the habits of self-care come in. 
Absolutely. I so much resonate with that piece that you said about how a lot of journeys start kind of on this surface level where we are focusing on what can we control, which a lot of times it's like our bodies and our food and things like that. And that's how my journey started as well until I kind of also grew into that shift that you're in of moving towards this internal voice and really healing what's inside and healing all of these different things that maybe we've experienced in the past. You mentioned triggers and bringing up those and kind of working through some of those. And I know that before we hit record, you're kind of talking a little bit about this kind of process you're going through with shadow something. What was it called? Um, I'm doing some shadow work. I'm actually currently in a shadow work workshop. And so it's just kind of bringing light to the things and the traumas and like, because obviously I've been trained in trauma informed care practices and strength based practices. And basically with that, it just, it revolves around the fact that everybody has experienced some sort of trauma in their life all of it's going to be different and we're all going to process and cope differently. And so I think once you realize what your traumas are and how you're coping currently and how those aren't working for you properly, you're able to turn that on the other side and you're able to begin to set those boundaries, begin to form those habits, begin to just reclaim yourself in a way. Yeah, absolutely. So when you're first starting with people that you work with on putting themselves first, finding the self-care what are some kind of first steps that you help them to see what they're doing now to move towards maybe healthier habits that will help them benefit in the future? Yeah. So when working with me, I basically, I like to start with a baseline. We don't know where we can go until we have a baseline. So in my practice, we focus on four pillars. We focus on mind, body, heart, and spirit. And so within each of those, we have to find a baseline of where you're currently at And then we're able to find what's working, what's not working, what we can tweak, where we want to go, and where we can implement small daily habits that over time will compound into big, long-lasting results. Like we've talked about this whole time, it's not an overnight thing, but we have to find out where you're at first and where you want to go in order to bridge that gap. I love that idea of a baseline. It's so true. You can't just, like, I always give this example, it's like, you know, you get in a car and you're trying to go someplace, but if you don't have a destination, how do you get there? And if you don't know where you're at in the first place, you know, you need to know exactly where you're at now without judgment before you can go to the next level. Otherwise, like you don't know where the bridge is going to be built. Mm-hmm. You know, like you don't know where that's, that's going to be connecting. So I'd love for you to dive deeper into those pillars that you mentioned, mind, body, heart, and spirit, correct? I'd love to hear a little bit more about what's involved in each of those and where self-care comes into play. Yeah, of course. So those are the four basic pillars that I've come across as far as what our life force needs to be sustainable. So obviously, like I've said this entire time, my journey started with the physical. It started with the body. And so when you start with that, my biggest thing and tip for the body is movement because energy is nothing but emotion in motion it's energy in motion so that's how you form your emotion so if you're feeling down if you're feeling stuck one of the easiest ways that you can get out of that feeling stuckness is to move yourself because if you physically move yourself you're moving that energy so Physically, I think is one of the easiest ways to take care of yourself. Um, You're able to let out different things depending on whatever your practice may be, whether that's yoga or HIIT classes or boot camp training. Um, You're able to tailor that to yourself. 
but realizing that your emotions are based off of your activity level is so key in recognizing like you have that power to control those kinds of things. And then you get into the mindset kind of side where it's like, where do I find the motivation? And for me, motivation comes from recognizing where you want to be, where you're at now and how to get there. Because obviously you have that pain point of where you're at now. And so for you to get your mindset right, understanding that it takes time, understanding that it's going to take practice, that you're shifting something that has been ingrained in you since you were a child. Some things that you think about that are limitation or limiting beliefs, we don't even recognize because they were put on us as a child. So part of that is bringing out what are those limiting beliefs that are holding you back because that's causing you to self-sabotage because those are the things you're thinking about in that moment. As far as the heart goes, that for me is about your relationships, about communication, about making sure that the people in your life, and this is where I would say that boundaries come into play, is like where you're able to draw that line with your heart and understanding that you don't have to be closed off and that you don't also have to like just put your heart on your sleeve all the time. You are able to protect that. And by doing so, by loving yourself, you're able to pour out into others in the relationships and have quality relationships with people. I know a lot of the time we end up in toxic relationships and that's because of so like such low self-worth and not thinking that we deserve more. And so dealing with the heart is a lot of dealing with yourself, but also dealing with what you're able to tolerate in the people that you have in your life as well. So with that, spirit kind of brings all of those together because spirit is obviously our higher self and what brings us joy in this life. I am one of those people who I do not believe that we were just put on this earth to pay bills and die. I believe that we have a bigger mission here. And by allowing your spirit to connect to be grounded, to do the self-care practices, to learn the things that set your soul on fire and to allow yourself permission to do that while giving yourself grace is so important into giving yourself the proper holistic self-care. And so with those four pillars, I feel like we cover the basis of what it is to be able to take care of yourself in all aspects of your life. Yeah, I love that. I loved how it touches on every little piece and shows you that self-care is not just, you know, going and getting your, your manicures and taking bubble baths. Like it's about you're moving your body. I loved how you mentioned like, you know, emotion is just like, you know, like you got to move your body to change your emotions. And I totally feel that way. Um, I know that when I'm feeling down, I get up and just like dance to a really good song and music really like helps me move too and just do a workout or go for a walk. It like changes my energy. Like it moves you into a different energy. So it's so important to recognize that. And we bring in the mindset, we bring in the heart with like boundaries and relationships and then rounding it out with the spirit. It shows that self-care is so multidimensional and just includes so many different things. Right. Yeah, of course. And I think I think a lot of the time when we start our journey, we think that we have to have all of those pieces together. But I think the best part about a self-care, a self-care or a health journey in general is that you're able to work on little pieces that over time truly add up. Like when I, I myself 10, 15 years ago would have never imagined that I'm the woman that I am today because the woman that I was then had none of these skills and none of these traits and none of the the drive, honestly, to be able to do better 
But it started with one thing. It started with me running around my neighborhood at night. It started with me eating a little bit like smaller portions. It started with me waking up an hour earlier and making my bed before I left for the day. It's small things like that that we're able to implement into our lives that truly make a large impact. And so Katie, I would honestly like to know about a few of your self-care habits and what have you implemented in your life, like either daily or weekly rituals that you do that allow you to stay on course with who you are and the mission that you're here to do? Well, thank you. I'd love to share. Um, it's changed a lot for me over over time as well. I think when I look back on the little girl that I was who was very self-conscious and felt like felt very kind of trapped in my body, it felt very hard for me. But I know that even then, when I didn't know what self-care was, when I didn't know what personal development was, and I really wasn't into exercise, I was coping with music. That was a big thing for me. I remember even in the days where I was really struggling to accept myself, I would just plug in some music and sometimes just cry it out or I would dance and just, you know, listen to that music all day long. I remember multiple nights falling asleep with earbuds in my head. Actually, I think it was still the time where we had little CD you know, the little CD ones where you like, you can walk around with them or whatever, and you have the headphones plugged in. So I think I still had those at, at one point. And throughout my journey, I've really grown to start my mornings off right. I work full time and I do coaching. So I have to be on top of my game. I need to really help myself be emotionally grounded, especially as I found out maybe a year ago that I'm very empathic. So I'm very affected by the emotions of people around me. And growing up, I just thought that I, I just felt like all the feelings I had were so overwhelming and I couldn't differentiate between what was mine and what was other people's that I was soaking in from the world. Now that I'm so much aware of this, I know that taking the time in the morning to get up, make my bed, brush my teeth, drink some water, like drink a cup of water. Sometimes it's pre-workout. So I'll go just pre, I'll just go in the living room or down to the gym and work out. And even if it's like 20 minutes, shower, and then I'm always journaling. I started a habit of doing where I write five things I'm grateful for in the last 24 hours so that I can really feel into those things from the previous day. I write out all the negative thoughts I might be having. So I call them thought downloads. This is something I learned from Brooke Castillo, the life coach school of using the model and really doing what, like it's an unintentional thought download. So we have all these thoughts that go through our head and a lot of them are not uh, intentional. So we need to be aware of those. So I started doing where I write down, what are these negative thoughts I'm having about my body today? That's a big struggle of mine that I've worked through. What are maybe some struggles I'm having about work or about coaching or about my relationship? And I just write them all out. And the following pages are followed by reframing all of those thoughts to something that feels better. And it doesn't have to always be, I love all my life. It's great. It's perfect. That's not the point. And I've learned that over time. It's about finding sometimes this neutral position where you can at least feel neutral about it. And so I work through doing that thought work every day so that I can feel better. Because ultimately the thoughts that we have create our emotions, drive our actions and create our results. So it's super important for me, especially because I'm so empathic and very much feel feelings that I get my thoughts in line with where I want to be. And I've just recently started writing out three things that I want to accomplish for the day. So that way I have those three things. If I get those done, my day is perfect. It's all good. And 
that's been really, really helpful for me, especially bringing exercise back into my life. I realized after a year of not really exercising, really healing my body image and my relationship with food, that I really missed exercise. And when I first started working out, it was very much for changing my body because I felt like I needed to change to be accepted, to be loved, to appreciate myself. And I found out very much like yourself that it's not about, it's not about like what size you are. It's not about a number on the scale. It's just about like internally, how, how do you feel about yourself? And so working out for me today has become this mood booster. I feel so inspired after I work out. doesn't matter what it is. It could be just dancing for 20 minutes. But I feel so inspired after I move my body. So that's been a really, really big thing for me um, in helping me maintain my self-care. I mean, all of those things are absolutely incredible. And I think moving your body, having gratitude, journaling, all of those things are parts of self-care. And like you said, it's not all bath bombs and chocolate. Like, it's so much more than that. And I think what you were able to exemplify and like just talking about your self-care is that it's not these big dramatic things that you're doing. They are small little things. And I remember... I read the book, The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson a while ago when I first started my entire personal development journey. And it said, the things that are easy to do are also the things that are easy not to do. Yeah. Making your bed in the morning is easy to do. It's also easy not to do. And so you can have one of two ways. And so it's like, pick your heart. Which kind of heart are you going after? Because once you decide that you're going to implement these little steps, you make life easier on yourself. Mm-hmm. And you find out it's not that difficult to incorporate a workout in the morning. It's not that difficult to write down three goals that you want to accomplish and to feel grateful about accomplishing those things. If that's all everybody does every day, that would improve so many lives. Those three things right there. And it's like, if we're able to take this, and I think that's one of the things that makes me so passionate about self-care is I want to get away from the whole, it has to be luxury and bath bombs and all this other stuff. Like, it's not that. It's waking up on time and not feeling bad. It's like being excited for your day. It's doing your workout. It's writing down your goals. It's giving yourself grace. It's feeling what it's like to have your mindset change. It's those aha moments that you're like, wow, I'm doing something different and it's working. Yeah. And so I think throughout both of our journeys, and I know like we've had to come up face to face with some obstacles and struggles. And I think, by deepening your self-care, you're able to head, like, hit them more head-on than it is when you're in a self-sabotage, self-mutilation, self-harm kind of zone. All you want to do is run away from it. I think a lot of the personal development journey is not running from your problems and figuring it out and sitting with it. And when the world of distraction that we have, I know that can be difficult. And so the fact that you journal and you just take that time, even taking 10, 15, 20 minutes for yourself in the day before you look at your phone in the morning, that's self-care. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so many different things that are incorporated. And I've definitely learned that it's not, I, I was under the impression for a couple of years that I just had to be positive all the time. And there was moments where I'd be posting something really positive on social media, but I was really struggling. And especially maybe two years ago, maybe more, more recently, like a year ago from today, I was really struggling through a really, really difficult season of my life. And I, I know that sitting with those emotions now and really like 
recognizing them and allowing myself to acknowledge them is a part of this process because pushing your emotions down and I, a lot of my clients do this too. They want to just do all the actions and not feel the feelings, but the feelings are driving the action. So until we allow the actual feelings to be felt, we're not going to get anywhere. And so I really learned that through my last year of really turning inwards. It's like, oh, no wonder I'm not doing anything or no wonder I'm doing this action because I feel this way. And like, what might be driving that? And really allowing yourself to sit with it and self-compassion has been a really big part of my new journey is even when you mess up, like, it's good. No worries. Let's evaluate with compassion and find out where we can go from there. Set another measurable goal, do your best, and then evaluate self-compassion, no judgment and moving forward. So I shared a little bit about my self-care routine. How about yours, Chelsea? What do you do now to keep yourself tip top? (laughs) Tip top. Um, I would say the morning is definitely a big thing for me. I'm definitely 100% a night owl. And I think that comes from that's my time to kind of be alone. So I do a lot of my reflecting at night. However, my morning, I'm also the kind of person I've realized, like, I have to start my morning on the right foot. And so my morning I give to myself. So I wake up and I like, I have to make sure I'm in a good mindset. And that, that could be me as I'm drinking my pre-workout after I take um, my capsules or my gummies, like I will sit there and I will listen to a YouTube. I will listen to a podcast, just kind of get my mind right. That's one of the main tips that I can give everybody listening right now is start your day off the way you want it to be started off and like in the right mindset because things will spiral throughout the day. And there are times that I'll listen to a podcast or a YouTube video and like, yeah, it pumps me up in the moment to go do my workout. But then I realize later in the day what it was actually saying and how I'm working through that. So just being able to start that way and then getting my workout in in the morning, it just gives me that me time. A lot of the time that's like my meditation I will work out certain ways based off of how I'm feeling. So like if I'm trying to be introspective, that's the time that I'm actually more open to trying something like yoga. Because personally, I'm more like, give me the weights, let me hit it hard. And even during the let me hit it hard parts, I will allow myself, since it is my meditation, it is part of my self-care, to feel whatever it is that I'm feeling. So there's times that I'm feeling so up and I'm feeling great. There's also times where I'm literally doing hammer curls with tears running down my face because I'm feeling something, but the physical aspect of pushing through that allows me to work through it. I, I'm definitely a very extroverted, physically active, always on the go kind of person. And so to bring those aspects together are honestly my biggest way that I'm able to take care of it. I think how I'm able to take my self-care throughout the day is obviously all different. And I think what I want everybody to realize is that it's called self-care for a reason. Everybody's self-care routines are different. Um, And so for me during the day, my self-care can be, I go a lot off of like impulse and feeling. And so like, if I want to go for a walk, if I'm feeling like I need a walk, I'm going to go for that walk. And so it's kind of like day to day, I kind of reevaluate what it is that I need in that moment. And I realize in the times that I'm frustrated, that I'm angry, or that I feel stuck, the kind of things that I need to do. And once you're on a self-care journey and you get all these tools in your tool belt, you're able to be like, okay, this is what's going to help me right now. Because sometimes I'll be like, I just want to like let my mind go for a little bit. And so I'll grab a coloring book. At that moment, going on a walk's not going to let my mind wander. 
coloring in my coloring book is going to let my mind wander because I'm trying to be creative and I'm creating something in that moment. And so it's kind of figuring out what works best for you. But as far as my self care goes, it's as long as my morning is set up for myself, the rest of the day is just maintenance until the evening when I'm able to reflect. And so in the evening, I'll reflect over what happened today, what frustrates me, because I'm also the kind of person I believe you should never go to bed angry, you should never go to bed frustrated, like you should let that out and let that go beforehand. And so I try to let it go and let it release. And that's honestly why my night night out isms is what I call it, is why I stay up so late is because I'm just trying to work through those things and trying to figure out what I can do better for myself or for those around me or for whatever the issue is. And so, like I said, everybody's self-care journey is going to be different and there's no right or wrong way to do it. So I like the fact that we were able to share two different things because I don't write the goals in my morning. I reflect on them the night after and like, what do I want to accomplish the next day? So I like, I wake up with the mindset and you get yourself in it in the morning and that's, it's whatever works for you. And I think what's important is to know what it is, those habits that keep you on track, because when you fall off track, you realize what you can re-implement to get back on track. Yeah, absolutely. I loved that. I love that both of ours were different because it, it shows you that there's so many different tools that are in your, can be in your toolbox that you can pull out. And I think you have very high intuition. You were saying like, you kind of do it on impulse and just how you're feeling. So I, I think that definitely shows that you're following your, your intuition, really listening to that inner guide and saying, what do I need today? What's going to really help me feel my best and honoring that, whether it be a walk or a really hard workout or a meditation. And I think that's really, really special because um, I think for a while myself got really caught up into it. It's like, I have to do all of the self-care routine things every single day. And it was just overwhelming. I was like, Oh wait, I have to do, I have to journal and I have to do this and I have to do this. And I, and I like made this list super long and it was like, no wonder I wasn't doing it. And when I could just maybe pick one thing, like when I was really struggling and feeling depressed, my one thing was wake up and make my bed, brush my teeth and drink water. Yeah. And then from there, whatever I was inspired to do. And with one of my clients, she really wanted to start working out again. So I said, how about you just wake up 15 minutes earlier and make some coffee and just be up 15 minutes earlier. So she did. And then eventually she started being like, yeah, I'm like want to work out again. Mm-hmm. And same for another client. She was really struggling in the morning time. And I was like, you know, let's just, let's think about some, and just not having expectations, you know, just pick one thing, get out of bed and make your bed. Okay. Well, now your bed's made. So now what's next? Let's, let's discover something, you know? And there's, I think that's where it kind of starts for some people who are maybe struggling is, and I would love to hear your thoughts as well. Um, is just pick one thing and then just kind of like see where it goes from there. And you have to try a bunch of things until you find like what really fills your soul. Yeah. I think you absolutely hit the nail on the head. Like we all, like I did it too. I made this whole list of like what my big morning routine should be. But then when you don't have the time to do that all the time, like every single morning or you forget something or something doesn't get checked off, you feel guilty on the inside and you're not able to give yourself grace. So I think, The important thing about what you're doing is being able to set what are the non-negotiables and then everything else is icing on the cake. So it's like, like you said, you wake up, you make your bed, you brush your teeth, you drink water. Those are your three things that you do. Those are your non-negotiables. Everything else is icing on the cake. But as long as you've done those things, you've taken care of yourself in multiple aspects 
in regards to those three actions alone. And so it doesn't need to be this big constant struggle of I need to do all of these things and all of these things, right? Because part of self-care is giving yourself grace, is allowing yourself to meet you where you're at without the expectations of having the pressure of I'm not where I want to be in life yet, or I messed this up in the past. It's not about those things. It's about taking care of you where you're at in this moment with what you're able to do and not putting that pressure on yourself. So that like really nail on the head as far as that goes, Katie. Um, I would say as far as struggles go, that's probably my biggest one is like having large expectations. I'm the kind of person I'm very grandiose in my ideas. I'm the kind of person who I will wake up at 4am and think that I'm going to go hike a 14 er that day without any kind of training. So I understand that that's also self-care is self-awareness in recognizing what you're capable of, what is good for you, what is pushing your limits. Cause I constantly believe that you should be pushing your limits, but don't push yourself to exhaustion or to self-sabotage because those are the two sides of the spectrum as far as that goes. So I think giving yourself grace is the best way that I believe that you can get over the struggle. And then recognizing that it doesn't have to be some big, huge transformation. It's those little things over time. As long as you have your non-negotiables, feel good about your non-negotiables. Everything else is icing on the cake. Yes. I love that framework. And if there's anything you can take away from this episode, it's to have grace with yourself. I love that she keeps bringing that up because it is so important to just have grace with yourself and to understand that all going to be okay. It doesn't have to be perfect. I'm someone who also has high expectations of myself. And so I have to constantly remind myself and renovate that, that thought process going on in my head, that like inner critic who's always trying to tell me I'm not doing enough and that I need to do more. And I'd love to hear, like, do you have those thoughts as well? Like those inner thoughts and how do you kind of overcome those and get back to feeling grounded? Oh yeah. So obviously we all are our own worst enemy. Like we are all so self-critical that like not even another human could be more critical than we are of ourselves. And so I think in giving yourself grace and trying to get over that aspect, you have to recognize where the thoughts are coming from. Just like you said, you journal it out. The thoughts and what's going into your mind, we think thoughts all day long. Some of them are helpful. Some of them are not. Some of them are subconscious and some of them we need to let go of. And so when those thoughts come into play and they start to come up into your mind, first and foremost, recognize when there's a pattern. I recognize when I got into a place of I feel alone, I don't have anyone. That's a trigger for me for feeling like I'm alone on the other side of a country without my family. And like, I don't have anyone here. Like that's a big trigger for me. So to recognize I'm alone is a thought that I have in my head. And then to recognize, okay, you're not really alone. And so through a journaling practice, if you write down all the people that prove to you that you're not alone, you're able to go pull that out to show yourself. But it's recognizing those thoughts, finding those patterns, and then changing the habits that I think are different. So one of the things that I did mentally to start to change these things is like, every time you had a negative thought, think three good things instead. Because it takes on average seven positive thoughts to negate one negative. But I found it to be for myself a lot to think of seven positive things when I already just had a terrible thought. So I'm like, think of three good things. And those three good things, I could be driving in the road. And I know we probably, a lot of people have had this thought of like, I could just, you know, go off the side of the road right now. I could just take it. Like a lot of people have had that thought. And yes, it is an irrational thought. In my mind, that's a very realistic thought. Like here living in the mountains, that's a realistic thought that if I wanted it to happen, it could happen. However, those thoughts... Like I shift that and I'm like, thank you to whoever built this road for me to be on right now. 
thank you for the ability to have my windows down and it be beautiful out here. And I think it's gratitude, but it's also recognizing that's an irrational thought that I don't actually want to come to fruition. It's like recognizing the thoughts that come into our mind that are actually our true selves versus just random things that pop into our head. Mm-hmm. So I know that might have been a little bit dark, but like it is replacing the negative thoughts with positive ones that change your mindset long term. I think bringing up those dark thoughts are so important, though, because I've also had those kind of irrational thoughts. They just kind of pop in your head and you're like, whoa, where'd that come from? And if you spend too much time giving those attention, how they multiply mm-hmm. and create new thoughts and, oh, you're not paying attention to this thought anymore. Let me feed you another thought. Um, and they were talking, I was listening to a sermon today. They were talking about like fear versus faith and how you can feed which one. Mm -hmm. You have the choice to feed which one and whichever one you feed will thrive. So if you're choosing to feed fear, you're just going to produce more fear. But if you're feeding faith, you're going to produce more faith. I mean, same with like positive negative emotions. If you're consistently focused on the negative things and, oh, of course, this is happening to me. Woe is me. I should just, you know, should just run off this road right now. And you're focusing on those things you're just going to continue to have more of those thoughts. I always like to give this image of our brains being like a Google search engine. If you ask them really shitty questions, you're going to get really shitty answers. So if you want, I think that's kind of a starting place as well as like you said, the awareness of finding that thought. It's like, oh, whoa, like where'd that come from? And saying the three positive things I think is a fantastic, tangible takeaway that anyone can use. I think also just asking yourself better questions and just being honest with yourself. Cause if you're going to ask yourself a better question. So I did this last week. It was like, um, you know, how can I make this happen? A goal that I was trying to reach, um, or how, how am I going to make this work? And, and it kind of shifting to like, how can I, instead of like, how, um, like, will it work to how can I make it work? Mm-hmm. You know? So you're kind of shifting because I think there's certain questions you can ask yourself that will roadblock you and lead you to a dead end. Like I'm confused saying I'm confused, you're going to just stop right there. But if you're saying, you know, how can I work through this confusion? How can I find the opportunity asking yourself those types of things? You're like, Oh, well, I guess your brain's going to look for answers, you know? Absolutely. And like, even like you just said, it's about reframing that, but to go back to your fear and faith point, I heard that a while ago also. And like the way that I heard it is you can be in fear or faith, not both. You cannot have both. So you have to choose because if you're in the in-between, you're choosing fear. So when you're asking, will I be able to do this? That's creating doubt. That's a fear thought versus how do I create this? That's a faith thought on I'm going to create this. Just how is it going to happen? So just reframing those things in general is a great way in order to like make it to where you're able to feel empowered versus disempowered when those thoughts come across to you. Yeah, absolutely. So, so many, so many tools and takeaways. I would love to hear any kind of final thoughts you have about self-care and anything else you'd love to share with our audience. I think already we've shared amazing, amazing stuff here. Yeah, this has been absolutely incredible. And so first and foremost, thank you for having me. And it's just, it's been a great time to be able to kind of dive in, to give a lot of people some self-care tips. Cause I think like you mentioned before, it's, we all want to help others, but how do you pour into others when you only have an empty cup yourself? What I try to create for myself, my clients, everyone that I come in contact with is this overflow. 
Like I'm living in an overflow. I don't need, like, I don't need anything. It's not a desperate kind of thing. I know what I have will, or what I want will come to me. And I live in an overflow of, as long as I take care of myself, everyone else I come in contact with will be taken care of by my light somehow. And so I think there goes a lot of, we've touched on a lot of things as far as self-care goes. And there's, there's so many more facets that we could talk about as far as self-care, but I do think if anybody takes just one little nugget from this entire podcast and implements it into your life, you're going to be able to start to see changes. And like we said, don't be afraid of like thinking that you have to make some big change. It's small little steps over time that get you to where you want to go. And so those small steps that you want to implement, whether you make your bed tomorrow morning or whether you drink water when you wake up or whether you, when you get frustrated, you go for a workout starting to learn yourself and the self-awareness around that is important, but then also recognizing your relationships with others and what's going into that and where you're putting your energy long-term. And I think we could talk about self-care forever, but um, I'm just going to, I'm going to wrap it. I love it. Well, I love your energy and you have so much knowledge and takeaways and I loved your story and how you tied in all of these really good tips that I think everyone's going to really benefit from. So where can people come hang out with you online? Yeah. So you can find me on Facebook at Chelsea Meese or on Instagram at carry on Chelsea. My goal is to travel the world with a carry on. So that's why it's carry on Chelsea. And then also from going from self-harm to self-care, carry on Chelsea, like keep going kind of thing. So it kind of has two meanings. Um, so you can find me there. Um, I do have courses that are available if you want to reach out to me at any time and yeah. So just Google Chelsea Meese. There's one of me in the world. So <laughs> <laughs> yes, the one, the only Chelsea Meese. She's right yeah. here on the Mind and Body Strong podcast. <laughs> well, thank you so much again for coming on and sharing all your wisdom. I'll definitely include all of those links in the show notes. So you guys go check out Chelsea. She has definitely done some really awesome travels. If you love to see the mountains. Go follow her. <laughs> She's very inspirational. So thank you again. Thank you so much, Katie. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Mind and Body Strong podcast. You are what makes this movement and message possible. If you loved this episode, share it with a friend, a coworker, a family member, or take a screenshot and share it on your favorite social media platform and tag Mind and Body Strong. To learn more about coaching and courses to help you take your journey to the next level, visit mindandbodystrong.com.